Hey listeners, if you remember me, I'm Liam, since it's been a long time. In this episode of LearnSTEM, I'll be talking about the engineering and design process, CAD and Onshape softwares, and how you can get started in achieving your engineering goals, since I know you all have some. Once you're done listening to this episode, make sure to listen to our other creators, which are Melania, Nisa, and Rianne. We make sure to teach our listeners about the world of STEM by researching a topic of STEM and giving you listeners stories, tips and tricks, or even interviews like Dr. Sun. We always try we always try to find a way to entertain and teach our listeners about new subjects. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you listen to our Learn STEM episodes. Now, let's get learning. I know some of you might not get what I just said, but that was a pun and it was really poorly executed, but just to let you know. So, if you, all, if you all have ever completed an engineering project in your school's science fair, had to design something cool in tech ed, or had to do a fun task such as making a bridge out of only spaghetti and hot glue in a STEM class, then I'm sure you've had completed parts or, some, or maybe even the whole of the engineering process without realizing it. I know that for me, I've had all of those experiences, and maybe you've had some of them or all of them too. But before we get in into how all of those experiences that me and you may have had and how they affect the engineering design process and are influenced by it, we need to completely understand the engineering and design process. Stated by the Teach Engineering Organization, the engineering and design process consists of asking questions and determining their circumstances, the first step, research the problem, the second step, imagine possible solutions, the third step, Plan by selecting the most promising solution, the fourth step. Create a prototype, the fifth step. Test and evaluate prototypes, the sixth step. Improve and redesign as needed, the seventh and last step. And then you can continue on by basically repeating this process and improving your design. This process usually consists of seven steps, but it can vary to have as many or as little as five to nine steps. To visualize this process, let's use the spaghetti example, but feel free to imagine your own and try to think of the process to find a new design or solution. I'll let you pause. Um, in five seconds, I'll go back to talking. So, firstly, ask yourself a question that relates to a problem, such as, well, since we're going with spaghetti, the spaghetti example, how can I create a sturdy bridge with just spaghetti and glue? The second task. Secondly, research the problem. Ask questions like, what is the fault with bridges now? Do already in place designs require a lot of material? How much tensile strength does a piece of spaghetti have? How much does it have when two pieces of spaghetti are put together? What is the best way to fasten connections? Basically, in this step, ask general questions around the problem to find more specific pieces of evidence which could help you get closer to finding your solution. Third, with all of these solutions that are examined, get the most promising one. For example, cantilever bridges and suspension bridges are known to have lots of carrying capacities over expansive stretches of water. I know one cantilever bridge spends over 1.1 miles over a bay. As stated by Bridgemasters Inc., this is where the information was collected from. Fourth, select a promising solution. Could these, bridge, could these bridge designs be intertwined or duly used to create a stronger bridge design? Fifth, design your solution. For instance, 
A design could include using the cantilever technology on the end of each bridge, and then have suspension technology in the middle, a mix of the two designs through the bridge, or some other mix. One thing that is apparent in this process is that when coming about designing, you need to prove your design using math, physics, or some other form of proof. Otherwise, your tests might not be based on reason and fail without any purpose. Next, on to the sixth, sixth um, step. Test your designs for what you're trying to fix. For example, since this design process was to engineer a stronger bridge than what was capable of before, you might want to measure how much weight your new spaghetti design could handle compared to original designs of bridges, such as the cantilever and the other bridge design on their own, and measure how your new spaghetti design works with the mix of the two designs. Sorry. Or you could measure, if you're going for a different measure of strength, the tensile strength of the bridge by simulating crust shifts to see if the bridge could withstand crust movement or earthquakes. Lastly, the seventh step would allow you to redesign your model if, you if your model failed the test, such as you didn't actually prove your idea, or if, the, or if you need to make improvements that make your design better and have a more increased practical use. While this process might seem like a lot to have to go through, and make sure your new designs are based in reason, as elaborated on earlier, if they work and if they truly fix a problem that is worth fixing. For example, a lot of engineering designs of people, individuals, that, you know, do not find a problem that is worth fixing or is a big enough problem to, like, undergo, then there might not even be a need for a new solution, seeing as the already in place solution works. But to create more complex designs that are not simply limited to spaghetti and hot glue, it would be necessary to use CAD in other programs like them because of their massive benefits. This is because when you create a design on one of these software, then you can print 3D print these designs, carve them out of resin, or upload them to bigger machines that are used in like industrial factories that can make them to near perfection. As stated on the Autodesk website, a major CAD software, many professionals like architects, engineers, construction professionals, manufacturers, and card designers all use CAD programs. I originally thought that using these programs was out of my reach since I was not put into an engineering class and did not get in-classroom training. But a friend introduced me to Onshape, which I did not know that my school gave out for free. I thought it was only for the people that got put into the class, but I was put into theater. So, so side note, always be looking for opportunities, even when you do not think there will be any. Anyways, CAD software seems daunting, and it truly is daunting at some times. Onshape software that was provided, however, is a little bit less complex and offers a user-friendly interface. Before we go into the details and how to get started into using Onshape in CAD software, it is important to know the basics of such programs. Primarily, have a design that you're going for laid out in your head. Additionally, draw that design on paper and give it dimensions to not only help yourself out, but also it helps the drawing process of a design since it makes sure that you know that you're trying to make sure that you know the dimensions of what you're trying to create and not forget the design after a while. Furthermore, there are numerous advantages to computer software than paper counterparts that was the norm for designing earlier. As stated by the Drexel University of Computing and Informatics, number one, CAD software's increased productivity by allowing users to experiment freely, spend less time on work, and use various tools to speed up the design process. Secondly, CAD software also reduces errors that are made by hand-drawn designs. This is because CAD softwares do what the worker tells them to do, 
but the software cannot create but what cannot be created. What is meant by that is that if you want to create a door hinge but you forgot to specify dimension, then it would tell you. If you wanted to place something in a spot where it interfere with another component of the project, then it would tell you. CAD software basically acts as a double check that is nearly without error. And I cannot tell you how many times it has saved me because I am obviously still a newbie at using CAD software, but the amount of times I've tried to like create something inside of an object or miscorrectly align something, it's surely in the thousands because it is terrible. But anyways, thirdly, CAD software can improve the quality of a design and the information sharing of a design. When a worker is done with a the product, they can send a manufacturer the product, which deleted the error that could be made if a manufacturer had to create a design off of a paper sketch, since CAD is 3D. This improves the quality of a manufactured product and the ease of sending complex designs and information over the web. There are many, 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 like many times a million, useful applications of CAD software, and it is becoming an ever-growing necessity that you might want to know for your future. I know that I am so thankful that I like just now got introduced to CAD software because for my Science for a project, I needed it for what I was doing. And even though it was super complicated, sometimes I it's like super useful in trying to get your design, your ideas across, and like trying to just create a solution on your own. CAD is so important to know how to use, and you might think like, couldn't I just have someone create it for me? And while like that is a valid question that I thought like thought myself during times where I did not want to use CAD at all. Um, basically, remember when you're trying to explain a concept to someone and they just did not get it, or when like someone like a teacher could not get a kid to understand something that they were teaching? Now apply that to a specific design that you have in your head, but no one understands it when you say it and they can't recreate what you're thinking. Now that would be a big problem that you could just go out of your way and learn CAD. So now if you want to get started by using CAD, Make sure to look for free options that the, like the one offered at my school, stated previously. That software was Onshape, and over my experience that I've acquired with trying to learn the program, I learned a lot on my own, but I've also gotten some help along the way. Firstly, I just want to say that you should always use the internet to your advantage. When I was stuck and did not know how to use a specific tool, I looked up how to create, you know, a pyramid, and then applied that to my certain dimensions. Now, one thing that is also noted is that Sometimes it's not as easy as you think it was to look up something and then try to recreate it because there is a lot of like minuscule little things that you need to click on to create something sometimes, but make sure you pay attention to details because that is something I did not do on like the first time I was trying to create something and that led to a lot of problems. So if you're like trying to recreate something that you're watching online, make sure to like look at the entire screen and not just have tunnel vision on the object. Okay, anyways, additionally, I also had some fun when learning, and I found that when just using tools willy-nilly and seeing what would happen, the limitations and applications of certain tools came to life in front of my eyes. For instance, I would start out with a blank 3D cube that's like 1 inch by 1 inch by 1 inch, and I would start to make holes in it, shave off some edges, curve aside, add shapes to it, etc. Whatever I could try to do with the tools available to me. While this process was pretty time-consuming, it makes learning a little bit more fun than it would be on its own, and you see your progress evolve as a cube be begins as a cube and starts to become a weird, misshapen 3D solid. But it is also important to accept a little help when you need it. Another side note, one of my friends would help me when I did not know how to create a certain shape and would give me some tips explained a little bit later. 
We also would try to create the most complex shapes that we could to see if the other would be able to recreate it, which my friend did every single time except for once when I just made it difficult just to make it difficult. But watching them create shapes and try to recreate my shapes allowed me to see how many there is and how many ways there is to try and make something, which is another valuable insight. So do not just use a tool until it works. When there's a variety available to you, use every single tool. I promise you. But back to the tips and tricks they gave me. They said, quote, I think the biggest thing to help someone learn how to use CAD in other programs is to look for an object, dimension it, and then try to make it. You can continue up to the complexity of the object until you get the ones that have that lean, have rims, or have other small details. When making an object, try to break it down into 2D or multiple parts, so that that way you can make each part after one another in 2D sketches. Play around with the tools so you can identify what each one does. Some important tools that I use the most are Extrude, Revolve, Mirror, Sketch, and Plane on Onshape. End quote. When I heard this, I was actually like, that is a good idea to think of as many 2D planes instead of a massive 3D complex object. It breaks down the problem into easier components that allows like you and me to more clearly visualize the problem, the dimensions, and the aspects of the shape. Duly noted, however, it is incredibly important to practice and start off easier than get bigger. I did not do this like all of the other things I did incorrectly, and it did make me want to quit on shape altogether for a while. This is because I wanted to go straight to like a very complex type of object with many different parts and how it was like each had different angles off the ground. And going from making a one-inch cube to that was not a thing I should not have done. Basically, it can make things incredibly frustrating to know what you want to have in your mind, but you can't make it in real life, which is something that sometimes makes you just break down. Aside from the lows that probably just came from me not being, not using my head and just trying to brute force my way to create a complex design, CAD is actually not that bad and you should really get into it. I hope you all have learned something today and want to learn how to become adept at using engineering software. Um, it is vital in engineering and design processes and it shows others your complex ideas that you may have. As always, make sure to come back next week for our fourth summary session. Time truly does seem to fly by, and it seems like I made my last podcast ages ago, or a year ago. While you're waiting for the next episode, make sure to check out our previous episodes, interviews and summary sessions, such as Dr. Son. Remember, we are on YouTube. P.S. Make sure to comment, because the comment sections are looking a little bit desolate, and we're looking for some user feedback, okay? Let us know what new podcast episodes you might want to hear about. Let us know what you like about our podcast and what we can improve. Again, we're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. The transcript with resources will be linked in the description. See you soon and keep on learning. I did it again, but see you soon. <laughs>